Hello, and welcome to It's Personal, the podcast. My name is Max Kirkham, an executive producer for this company of solo performers and its podcast, which takes you behind the stories with the actors who told them. Today, I'm talking with Emily Bice, a good friend of mine who performed for the first time with us as part of our Crush show back in February of this year. Inviting us into her room, Emily takes us on a journey through the ups and downs of friendship in Los Angeles. Let's get personal. and inside jokes, fantasizing life together, um, spontaneous trips to the mountains and game nights and arguments over whose turn it was to take out the trash, wondering if you're the only one feeling this way and hoping you're not because you don't know if you can handle the heartbreak. After all, there's a reason it's called a crush. But this is a special crush, kind of like how the avian flu is a special flu. This is the avian flu of crushes. Because with a regular crush, you imagine yourself uh, getting married, having kids, having a house, sharing a bed. This crush, you imagine all of the same things, only you're the maid of honor. The bridesmaid, the roommate, the drunk best friend who couldn't make it into her own bed, so she crawled into yours in the middle of the night. Ding, 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 you've guessed it. It's a friend crush. And it's fucking agony. Because this crush matters so much more than Max from third grade, or Evan from Hebrew school, or Randy from PowerPoint 24 ever could. Her name is not important. Because even though this is a story about one specific person, this is a love letter to all of my friends. So for no reason in particular, we'll call her Kelly. It's a hot Saturday night. It's two in the morning and we're on the beach at the after party for the silent disco. Tonight is the night where everything will change. It's been nearly nine months of touch and go, will they, won't they, who feels what about who, but this is finally the moment. As a drugged out rave goer dances past us loudly singing along to the club mix of Whitney Houston's I Wanna Dance With Somebody, I take a deep breath, look her in the eye and ask, Will you be my best friend? But let's backtrack a little bit to why this friend crush matters so much. Since my freshman year of college, I have prided myself on being the girl with lots of girlfriends. The girl with too many girlfriends. The girl who goes broke because she's got to buy so many damn birthday gifts for her so many damn girlfriends. You get it. I was incredibly popular in college. <laughs> and then two things happened. I graduated, and I moved to L.A. <laughs> Female friendship was plentiful in Michigan. It was scarce in Los Angeles. Suddenly, I found myself in a place where it seemed like everyone either saw each other as competition or a ladder to step on as they made their way to the top. The blink of an eye and gone were the nights of coming home to a gaggle of girls who genuinely wanted to hear about my day or drink wine while we watch dumb TV together, or cuddle while we sobbed in bed about things that now, almost two years graduated, seem trivial, 
and maybe a little silly, but not then. <laughs> I mean, nothing felt trivial then. Everything felt big and important and scary, but like we could handle it. And that's thanks to the people by our side. So then I get out to Los Angeles, and for the first time in my adult life, I am without female friends. What's more, I'm at a total loss for how to make them. College teaches you how to analyze Proust and shotgun a beer. Maybe you learn a thing or two about dating or sex, but friendship? At least my experience of it came easily. It was found, not sought out. In all meanings of the word, dating was not something I did in college. Not with boys and not with set friends. Ironically, both usually came about the same way through a group project in Psych 101. <laughs> that doesn't exist in the real world. The closest thing you can get to Psych 101 is a therapist, and it's not ethical to hang out outside of sessions. I already asked. Friend dating. When you see someone at Trader Joe's or I, I don't think you. Or a mutual friend's game night, or at the club, right before the beat is about to drop. Something about them catches your eye. Is it that funky scarf? <laughs> Two funky scarves? The way she just dissed the guy grabbing her ass? The methodology in which she gently sorts through the avocados, deciphering which is truly the greatest. <sighs> Whatever it is, you see them and you're mesmerized. But not because you want to see them naked, or get them in bed, or have their kids. Because you want to be their friend. In middle school, we gave each other friendship bracelets. We shared BFF forever lockets to label our love. In adulthood, it's not that easy. You can't just have a sleepover, hand over a piece of string, and call it a day. You have to put in work. Get to know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when the time comes to figure out what the person means to you, you have to define the relationship. You have to have the talk. It can happen in the most unconventional places. Uh, making block with avocados from Trader Joe's. At the club right after the beat drops. Or, in my case, at the after party for the silent disco at 2 in the morning on the beach. Wherever it is, it happens. Sometimes it's for the better, sometimes it's for the worse. Yeah, there's heartbreak, but there's also joy. Because when you find your people, all of it's worth it. This is a love letter to my friends. I would do anything for you. And I have. <laughs> Things I've done for a female friend. Cleaned up period blood. <laughs> Cleaned up regular blood. Cleaned up Halloween blood. Cleaned up another human being's blood. One of these is not true, but it may as well be. I have not killed for a female friend yet. But the point is, I would. <laughs> and at the end of the day, isn't that what we're all looking for? Or would you help me bury a body if I ask kind of person? <laughs> or give me a time and a place. 
no questions asked, ride or die, rain or shine, and rain in Los Angeles means a lot kind of path. <laughs> this is it. You're stuck with me, even after our husbands and wives die. I'll be there by your side asking whether or not this dress makes me look fat. Best friend. For any cops here tonight, I, I do not condone murder or being an accomplice to it, nor have I taken part. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, you can ask my friends. I have an airtight alibi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Emily. Hey. Hey, Max. <laughs> welcome, welcome to It's Personal, the podcast. How you doing? I'm so excited to be here. Um, yeah. I'm good. It's always been a dream of, my, of mine to be on a podcast, so. Oh, my gosh. It's Is big. this your first? I mean, like, post-college, yeah. And wow. uh, How exciting. It really is a big deal, so I'm great. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, I, I asked partly because this show, The Crush Show, was the very last show that It's Personal did on stage before this mm -hmm. whole pandemic. So, I mean, just fundamentally, how how you doing since then? I'm having the best year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I will say all things considered, I feel very fortunate. Um, mm. The... The world ending is not fun. I think that it, being in your early, mid-20s during a global pandemic is not fun. Being single during a global pandemic is not fun. But I am... Amen. Right? I'm like, it just feels like an attack. If I had known, if, <laughs> if, if someone had told me this time last year, you need to mm. get, like, you need to shack up with someone, I would have done it. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. Um, so, but, you know, all things considered, I, I'm, I just feel so fortunate, um, to be like healthy and safe and. Absolutely. This, this, uh, piece that you did with us for the crush show was a lot about, you know, I mean, it was all about friend crushes. Mm -hmm. Has the pandemic, do you think like if you wrote that this piece now, it would be different? living in the pandemic have you relied or leaned on your friend crushes during this time oh god um i mean the weird thing about like it's such a weird thing because again we're in this we're in this really weird transitional phase of our lives and i've been having so many conversations uh with my therapist about this because who hasn't mm. been having conversations with their <laughs> therapist during covid but um you know, it, I I think that we're at this age where you're making all of these friends, you're building all of these relationships, and then now was the time that we were supposed to solidify them, and instead, you know, eighty percent of my friends left LA for six months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. And then the others, you, the the best and worst part. One of the best and worst parts of the pandemic is because we can't do anything, you're just forced to do a ton of introspection. And because you're doing all this introspection, <laughs> you're like, right. uh, who am I? What's important to me? 
what matters to me. And so then in a friend sense, in a friend crush sense, um, I think it forces you to look at the people in your life and be, be like, what, who am I surrounding myself with? It, and it shows people's true character too. You oh, really kind of sure. get to see people in ways you wouldn't normally get to see them. Yeah. Yeah. You, you learn a lot about a person. Um, mm. and this yeah. time. So I think if I wrote this now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have written that now. No. I just think it... How do you think it would have been different? I don't... I think I'm a lot more... I don't even know how it would be different. Because, you know, like, ironically, I've Mm. made a couple really good friends during the pandemic. Hey, that's great. I guess let me... Let me ask the question differently. Why why did you... When you got the the theme of crush, Mm -hmm. why write about this in particular? Why write about your friend crushes? Hmm. That's a good question. Why write about my friend crushes? I think because those, because you know what? Because on the heels of writing the piece, I had gone through a really, really terrible friend breakup. One of my first, probably like my first best girlfriend out in LA. Um, because, because, and this is what I wrote about is the thing about, um, the thing about making friends, especially mm-hmm. female friends, I've found out here is it's really tough. And so, um, it took me like four or five months to make like a really good close girlfriend. And, and that, that friend became my best friend and we did comedy together. And then the difference between, um, the difference between friendship and relationships, and maybe this is just because I have issues, but is, Mm -hmm. um, you always, like, I'm always expecting a relationship to end, you know? Right. I'm like, okay, well, this is temporary. This is stupid. This is fun. A friendship, you don't, you don't enter a friendship thinking, okay, this is going to end. And so, so I had just gone through this. Hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. You're Mm -hmm. like, oh, this person is going to be my kid's godparent or whatever. (laughs) Maybe that's extreme, but, um, we're going to be rocking next to each other on a front porch somewhere yeah. in 60 years. Yeah, mm. exactly. Um, and so, so when I had say, when I saw that prompt of crush, mm. I was like, well, the most devastating crush I've had, um, mm-hmm. was because I put all this work, I, I had a friend crush and I put all this work into building these relationships and then yeah. the rug gets pulled out under from you. And, and it's devastating. So going off of that, what were you Mm -hmm. doing in your, while in your piece? Cause it seems from the audio that you're kind of all over the place. I mean, frankly, I am all over the place. Anyone would tell you that. (laughs) I (laughs) I am chaotic. I know. But, um, so in the piece, I'm getting ready for a date, you know, quote unquote date, Mm -hmm. because again, I really think it's interesting to map making new friends over dating. Cause I Mm -hmm. think they're one and the same. So in the piece, I'm, I'm getting ready for what you would assume is just a date and I'm Mm -hmm. trying on a bunch of dresses, I'm stressed, I'm drinking wine, I'm putting on makeup. Um, and then at the end you realize it's, it's to go meet a friend. That's fun. I mean, you talk in the piece about how this is excruciating and I think you did a good job of really showing just how much work goes into uh, a friend crush. You know, you are going through, like you just said, as much as you would go through um, for a normal date. I think my favorite part about this piece is just how easy your humor is through it. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it's just so like subtle and just kind of like pops up here and there, um, 
which I, I really enjoyed. Do you, do you think it was there right at the beginning or, or what was the process like writing this over time? Um, you mean finding the humor in it? Yeah, or, or and finding the piece as a whole from that first rehearsal through to when you actually performed it. I'm trying to even think about what I first wrote when I wrote it. Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that, like, I, I like to deflect with humor. Um, mm-hmm. There's probably a reason I want to be a comedy writer and, like, a comedic <laughs> performer is because right. that's my love language is, mm. you know, saying something that's really important but finding lightness in it. Um mm-hmm. And so, so for me, it's kind of the only way I know how to explain anything is with a weird, a weird metaphor or mm-hmm. a, a zinger that doesn't a hundred percent make sense, but is quirky. Cause that's my MO is like the quirky, the quirky girl. Um, right. does that answer it? So I guess I don't know how it came out. I think mm-hmm. that probably when I was writing the piece, when I was writing the piece, it was just train of thought that got molded and shaped with the help of you guys, um, in those rehearsals. Mm. And then when we added in, um, movement, it kind of took shape and I could understand the beats of it. Was that movement of, you know, really using the entire space and bringing, I mean, you brought quite a lot of stuff onto the stage and really made it look like your bedroom, you know, was all of that there at the beginning or was that developed through rehearsals no I definitely didn't know what I was going to do at the beginning (laughs) (laughs) um so that that came in rehearsals I'm trying to think about I think I had a I think I had a more elaborate plan oh I did Mm. you know why because more elaborate yeah right um because Mm -hmm. I was cleaning my room the other day and I did Mm. a giant room purge where I was just Mm. everything must go and I found this um I found this CVS envelope full of photos of me and friends. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm actually just realizing now what it was. Because in the moment, I was like, so bizarre. Why did I print these photos out? <laughs> um, but because my original plan was I was going to... Um, I, I think I was going to string all the photos up like on a clothesline. Mm. And... Like throughout the piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throughout the piece. And then I didn't... Um, I didn't end up doing that. And I hmm. I think I think it was because I couldn't figure out how to get the clothesline up on a stage. Oh, sure. So yeah. then out of pure laziness, I thought, well, instead of problem solving that, why don't I just get ready for a date? <laughs> and that's what we ended up Out of up pure with. laziness. Yeah. Let me bring a whole clothes rack, mm-hmm. a chair, um, all my makeup. Yep, because bringing stuff mirror, is easier than problem solving. Sure. And you even, you went off stage too at yeah. one point, which I think there's one part where your voice gets really far away in the piece mm-hmm. and uh, you're actually standing off stage changing. I think that's when you were fully putting on the dress. Yeah. Uh, that I think was my favorite when um, there's a piece just like it. I forget which episode where Chloe goes off. She's doing a jump rope and she walks fully off of stage. Yeah. Uh, it's fun using the whole space to your mm-hmm. uh, to yourself. I, I want to ask you... Um, you talked during the piece that you hadn't killed for a friend yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wondering what's the most extreme thing that you've done <laughs> for a friend or what's the like most fun you've gotten into with a friend? 
Oh, God. I mean, look, I don't but know if I would share. describe this as fun. I'll keep it. Uh-huh. I'm going to tone it down because it's a... <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't call this fun. But the most recent okay. and part of the other reason I wrote this piece was because... Um, so in November of 2019, mm-hmm. my best friend and roommate... Um, picture this, right? Okay. There's mm-hmm. a, We're at a bar. <laughs> what? <laughs> Then I come back to my house and there's a party. What? <laughs> Remember parties? So there's uh, a party at my house, finally. right? And my roommate is texting me. She's coming back from the bar after I am. And she's like, something weird's happening. And I thought she was just having a weird night. Um, mm. And so then I finally find her. She's back in our apartment. And uh, I find her on the bathroom floor. And again, I'm not going to give you the gory details, but mm-hmm. it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in it's a scene Not in good. there. It's a sure. crime scene. And so I um I call 911 and the party ends um and the paramedics come and mm-hmm. we go to the ER. Um Oh my god. Oh yeah, it was like a again, like I'm going to keep it I'm going to keep it PG, but there was blood mm-hmm, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um so we go to the ER. Blood from what? So basically what we find out the next day is she had um, a, a watermelon-sized ovarian cyst, <gasps> like literally a medical marble. Um, the doctors <laughs> had like the size of a watermelon. The size of a watermelon. watermelon. I wish I oh wish God. I could show the podcast her MRI. Yeah, sure. But that feels mm-hmm. like an ethical problem, and also this is audio, <laughs> not visual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, it was it was truly like the craziest thing anyone at Cedar Sinai or. Um, in my house sure. or in the world had seen yeah. um and so i think that's probably up there with like the extent like because mm-hmm. because then you know her parents came in town it was it was two months of you know is she dying what's I'm going sure on the recovery yeah and then she had a big surgery and then i was like her nurse um does that answer it I mean, wow, it's... it does. You really, you went all in for a friend there. Yeah. It reminds me, uh, I feel like the only time I've ever had to drive someone to the ER uh, was when a friend, uh, we were in freshman year of college, yeah. and uh, Glee was on, and uh, we were going <sighs> to be late, so we were running <laughs> back to the dorm, <laughs> and she had a, a an asthma attack from uh, running to see an episode of Glee, and we had to uh, drive her to the ER to get... A breathing, uh, a breathing treatment. Oh my god! Um, I mean, like it was experience. for Glee, so I understand. It was. Listen, it was for early season Glee too, so worth it. Yeah, you're not. You're not gonna miss Glee. I will die before I miss an episode of Glee. Literally, literally. Yeah. Final question: Ooh. What now are you crushing on? Canada and moving there. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> You know, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. The amount of, I'm half mm-hmm. Canadian, and so the amount of people I've offered Ooh. to marry, you can, do you want me to marry you, Max? Yeah, I do, actually. Are, there's 10 people in line, but I will add you to the polygamous right. relationship. Listen, I am uh, not against being a sister husband. Whatever, whatever gets us all across the border, because I've got the citizenship. <laughs> you guys can be my husbands and wives. Um, Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. I don't even know what I'm crushing on. I, you know what I've been doing is, again, I think that friendship, mm-hmm. I've made some new friends in, in COVID times, mm-hmm. which is really wonderful. And I've, you know, mm-hmm. you've done the classic friend dating stuff. But then right. um, 
I also, I have been doing like the, the, the actual Zoom and social distance dating thing. Mm. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess I'm intermittently crushing on... How's that? How are you finding... I how mean, are you finding Zoom dates? The interwebs. I hate it. <laughs> Podcast listeners, if you know of anyone that wants to date me, I'm free. Mm. Um, What's your Insta handle? Mbice. E-M-B-I-C-E-E. Throw me a follow. <laughs> I'm technically sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. it's true by duncan um (laughs) i don't know so maybe i'm crushing on i'm crushing on crushing on duncan crushing on duncan and i'm crushing on Mm -hmm. a very weird time to be like dating but it's kind of fun in a twisted way yeah absolutely it's almost like coming into this you there is nothing else to there are no ulterior motives to the yeah. dating like yeah both you you both know that nothing more than just having a face-to-face interaction mm-hmm. is what's going to happen and that i think takes something it changes the situation yeah and i think it yeah. takes like a lot of the pressures out because you're like mm. no one is anywhere you know i was telling you earlier like i'm leaving for a couple months so i'm like i'm not yeah. going to get into a relationship and it's just right. people trying to connect it's going to be interesting i i uh I look forward to this being over. I mean, I think all of us do. No, um, not me. But, uh, I'm, I'm waiting. For, I, I never want it to end. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. I will be living in uh, quarantine. No, you're looking forward to am, it being over. I am. I, I'm just saying I think that it'll change the way that we interact mm-hmm. after this, too. I'm looking forward to another uh, summer of love or something like that. Something fun. Yeah. I mean, everyone says it, and I do agree that I think when slash if this um, nightmare With that ends, wistful, that wistful voice. Yeah, right. When we get out of this, it will be mm-hmm. eventually like the Roaring Twenties or the Renaissance. Yes. Um, I'm looking forward to a, rena- a Renaissance. A Renaissance. Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yep. gonna be good. So we just have to Absolutely. we just have to survive the plague, um, and then we get a lot of Shakespeare. Amen. 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 Well, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. The podcast. Um, I can't wait to get you in another show. I know. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you again. Someday, when the world's normal, unless I move to Canada, (laughs) and then you can do it virtually. Yeah. 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 We'll get you virtual. Yeah. Um, All right. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks, friend. Bye. Bye. Bye, world. I don't know how to end a podcast. It's Personal is a live storytelling show with a twist. Join us the fourth Thursday of every month on our YouTube page to watch our performers get personal. Information on upcoming shows and tickets can be found on itspersonalonstage.com.